Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things elder law, estate, and legacy planning. Hosted by certified elder law attorney, Tim Seckler, from the Seckler Law Firm. And now your host, attorney Tim Seckler. Welcome to this week's edition of the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great plans. Today is Veterans Day. Uh, So happy Veterans Day to all the veterans out there. Uh, We certainly appreciate your service, whether it was recently or a long, long time ago. Uh, Thank you for all you have done to make the place, uh, the country, the place that it is. Um, I also am a veteran, and so I I seek to uh, sort of celebrate the day with you. I've got a tradition. Uh, in my family, where I spend Veterans Day with uh, with my dad and my brother most years, um, and just kind of hanging out and taking in uh, the outdoors a little bit, and and being um, being sort of you know relaxed and, and just taking some time off, you know. But there are veterans uh, celebrations all over the place uh, today, and rightly so. So thank you for your service, um, and uh, I want to recognize your service by providing some education today. Um, by way of the benefits that veterans may uh, get. And so if you're new to this show, um, this is a show all about estate planning and asset preservation and a particular focus for uh, helping our clients get the long-term care they need in their retirement years. So my name is Tim Seckler. I own a law firm called the Seckler Law Firm that is headquartered in Cranberry Township. And we are an elder law firm. So we do uh, estate planning work. We do post-death administration work. We do um, what we call long-term care crisis work, which is when someone needs long-term care, be it in a nursing home or in a home setting. And we want to help people understand the sort of complicated government rule book uh, that um, the people have to go through in order to get help paying for long-term care. Um, and so what we're going to do in today's episode is we're going to take a, a bit of time to focus on the different benefits that at least I'm aware of that veterans can take advantage of when it comes to long-term care. Um, And so I think an overriding uh, thing to understand about the Veterans Administration, uh, before I get into this, remember that this uh, show is for your education and for your information. Uh, This is not legal advice. I am an attorney. I am not yet your attorney. We would like to do some business with you. If you would like to work with us, give us a call at 724-546-4227 or check us out at secklerlawfirm.com. If you go to secklerlawfirm.com, you can come to one of our upcoming estate planning and asset protection workshops where we talk about wills and trusts and powers of attorney and different legal documents like that uh, and then tell you uh, the best way I know how to help you get the documents you need. Uh, and we've got sort of a unique education-based program to get you to get that done for you. So um, I hope uh, that today uh, we can learn a few things for the veterans. Um, so a thing to understand about veterans' benefits is VA, there's, there's essentially two VAs, okay? There's the veterans' Health Administration, and there's the Veterans Benefits Administration. So the Veterans Benefits Administration, those folks deal with things like retiree pensions, service-connected disability benefits, improved pension, and we're going to come back to the Veterans Benefits uh, Department in a a little bit. Um, But those, when you think benefits, VA benefits, think think financial reimbursement, whether it's pension or disability claims. So there's cash. Then there's the Veterans Health Administration. The Veterans Health Administration those are the VA clinics, the VA health system, the the hospitals that are around where where veterans can go and receive health care and actually receive it. It's not just an insurance program. They actually provide veterans with health care. 
Um, and most veterans are eligible for some level of care. Um, there are different types of eligibility for VA health benefits depending on uh, how long you served, if you were disabled. Um, while in service, um, there are financial limitations to some of the benefits you can get through the VA. But the VA, um, and, and I know some of the folks that work in the VA, you know, these folks generally, their heart's in the right place. They're trying to take care of good people who served our country. Uh, there are systemic problems within the VA. You can, you can Google all about those. But what I want to do is sort of try to provide some helpful information for veterans who may now or in the future need some form of, of long-term care. So the VA health administration, has a couple of different um, services that you should be aware of. Okay, so the VA, if you are eligible for VA health care coverage, once you're enrolled in that system and they go through an eligibility analysis, which you have to go to a VA and apply for eligibility for care. Um, a lot of the VAs have, there are community clinics, like there's one here in Cranberry right up the street from my office where it, it's sort of like a primary care office. Uh, but then there's the VA hospitals in Pittsburgh. Butler has one uh, where you can go for a, a additional care. Now, within the VA system, there are uh, VA nursing home beds. There are VA in-home health benefits, so you can get bene- homemaker and, and home health aid uh, care within the program. Now, if you go to the VA website and try to learn all about this, uh, you know th- there are general descriptions of these things, but the actual eligibility rules can get quite complicated. And and you know th- the best way to understand this is actually to get with somebody at the VA. I don't want you to guess about your eligibility. I don't want to give you information that will require you to to make bad decisions. Maybe you're eligible, maybe you're not. You need to talk to a, a social worker, an eligibility coordinator within the VA to talk about which, what services you are eligible. Now, within um, the VA, there are VA nursing home beds, right? So if somebody does need long-term care, there are VA nursing home beds. And in addition to the ones at the hospitals, the, the VA nursing home uh, facilities, there are also privately contracted nursing home beds available in private nursing homes that the VA helps pay for. Okay, So there are options for long-term care. Now, these benefits, uh, the VA benefits depend on your service, obviously, and there's also some financial eligibility requirements. So the websites are fairly vague about it, and I've tried to do my own homework, and I, and I can tell you this is a complicated, complicated system. And so we work with our veterans, and, and, and you know, if I've got a veteran in need of long-term care, we try to reach out to the VA and find out what is out there. But what I have found is this system is, is pretty convoluted. The eligibility rules are pretty complicated. There are often wait lists for these beds uh, because – because it can be an attractive thing for a, a veteran, there's a lot of veterans waiting for these beds. And unfortunately, what that means is that a lot of veterans end up in uh, private nursing homes paying privately just like everybody else. And so there, while there are veterans' benefits, I can tell you firsthand there are lots of veterans who need long-term care who are not receiving their long-term care through the VA because of limited resources. The VA just can't take care of everybody. The funding's not there. The, the facilities aren't there. Um, I also want you to know about a thing that the state of Pennsylvania has. So this, I I think fewer people actually understand this, but Pennsylvania has a Department of Military and Veterans Affairs. Um, And the Pennsylvania Department of Military and Veterans Affairs uh, has some some good programs for veterans as well. So, uh, for example, the VA has 
uh, six nursing homes within um, the state that service veterans. This is not the federal VA. This is the State Department of Military and Veterans Affairs. So where are those locations? Well, there is one in Allegheny County. It's called the Southwest Veterans uh, Center in Pittsburgh. There is one in Erie. Um, and then the rest of them seem to be out east. There's one in Erie County, Blair County, Lackawanna, and Philadelphia. So those are the state VA facilities. And the um, so the southwestern one, the, the one in Allegheny County, has both a memory care unit and skilled nursing. So those are the services that they can offer. Some of the other ones have personal care services. Um, now, from an eligibility standpoint, you need to apply for eligibility. You're going to have to prove your veteran status, of course, uh, and the preference is to go to residents of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. They, in theory, would service people from out of state. I'm not sure if that really happens because I'm sure that these places have a um, a wait list. It's done on a first-come, first-served basis, and I'm sure that um, Pennsylvania residents are given priority. So I'm not sure how many out-of-state people actually would be served. And here's what their website says. A resident of a veteran's home shall be required to make monthly payments against maintenance fee liability in accordance with the resident's ability to pay, which is obviously a pretty vague statement that does not help you understand exactly how much um, money you're allowed to keep and, and save and all the rest. And so uh, you need to work with directly with them. So I'm, I want to give you their website in the case you are, are helping a veteran or are a veteran in need of some long-term care. Their website is dmva.pa.gov. Um, and if you get in there and, and search for long-term care, there's an application right online um, that um, that asks you all the information that you need in order to uh, to apply for the benefits. And, and there is a financial eligibility requirement uh, for these facilities. In my career, I have not, frankly, seen a ton of people become eligible, at least my clients. I, I know that there are people being serviced daily, but I haven't had a lot of my clients become eligible for the programs because of the financial re- requirements um, that are, uh, you know, s- seem to me to be some gray in some of these rules. And, and um and there are some more concrete options, I think, for people to get long-term care. But I, I want you to know that it's out there. Um, the other thing that I want you to know about veterans is there's a benefit that can be used for long-term care through the Veterans Benefits Department. So I said at the at the top of the show that there's the VA health system, which we've been chatting about so far. There's also the Veterans Benefits Department. Now, the the, better, the veterans' de- uh, benefits uh, folks, these folks deal with retiree pension, service-connected disability claims. So if you were hurt in your line of, of service and need long-term care, the, um, these or, or not long-term care, but need uh, to file a disability claim, these folks administer those claims and those checks. Um, they have a program that is called the Improved Pension. Now, the Improved Pension, the idea behind the VA uh, Improved Pension seems to be that we don't want our wartime veterans um, going broke after their service is over. In particular, they don't want uh, veterans going broke due to long-term care needs. All right. So they have um, this program that can compensate people on a monetary basis for out-of-pocket health care expenses. Okay. Now, what are the eligibility requirements for 
the improved pension? Well, first, there's a couple of different standards within the uh, the improved pension. There's there's different tiers of care. So there's there's traditional improved pension. Then there's a thing called housebound benefits. Then there's a thing called the aid and attendance program, and aid and attendance requires a little bit more need for care, usually help with a couple of ac- uh, activities of daily living. And aid and attendance benefits come in handy when we are trying to keep people in their home with privately paid caregivers or in a personal care home, and the out-of-pocket medical expense is you know five, six, seven thousand dollars a month, maybe a little bit more. We can get somewhere between two and three thousand dollars for a lot of veterans to help reimburse them for these. Um, these out of costs, uh, these out of pocket costs, and there's also a benefit in here for the widow of a veteran, not the spouse of a veteran, but the widow of a veteran who has unreimbursed medical expenses, uh, like a personal care home. Now there are service connected. Um, there there are um, eligibility requirements. One of which is you had to have been a wartime veteran. So not just military service, but a wartime veteran. You didn't have to serve in the war, but you had to have had 90 days of consecutive active duty, of continuous active duty, one day of which had to be during a period of war. So the periods of war anymore that are relevant are World War II, Korea, Vietnam, um, and any time after, sometime in 1991, I think, is the Gulf War, uh, we have been in a continuous period of war. So if you have 90 days of active duty in one of those time periods, then you meet the service requirements. 90 days active duty, one day of which was during one of those periods of war. And there are specific dates. I didn't look them up for today's radio, but you can uh, you can look them up and, uh, and find the specific dates of eligibility. Um, you have to be disabled within the, uh, the VA definition of disability. Luckily for most seniors, uh, they consider anybody over the age of 65 to be disabled. I, I know a lot of 65-year-olds who might disagree with that, but that checks the box. Um, you have to need uh, some form of care because there are eligibility, uh, financial eligibility requirements. Okay, So the financial eligibility requirements – these rules have changed over the years. It used to be that it was really, really um, vague. There was this the standard probably five years ago that people thought as long as you were below $80,000, you could apply for care. But that was never really the rule. But then the VA never really put out what the rule was. And all of that changed in 2018. They read, uh, released some guidelines on the eligibility uh, for uh, the improved pension. Now, um, the asset limitation, so, so – their calculations are relatively complicated, okay? So this is – you want to work with somebody that understands how this math works um, when you're applying for VA benefits. But it's something close to $150,000 of net worth. But here's the challenging thing about net worth. Within the, the definition of net worth, they include both your savings and uh, an allocation of your income times your life expectancy, right? So if you make $30,000 a year and have a 30-year life expectancy, then you start getting into a a fairly high net worth calculation. Um, And so where do you go to find out more about uh, the improved pension and aid and attendance? There are um, veteran service organizations that will help you with these applications. Uh, You can go to the VA themselves. The social workers there will point you in the right direction. Um, and you can apply for these benefits. Now, unfortunately, the asset limitation, the net worth limitation of being somewhere near $150,000, that's not a lot of money, especially if you have a spouse, right? So if a family has worked hard to save, um, you know, after the military service or during the military service, we've worked hard to save half a million bucks of retirement funds or whatever the case is, well, I've got to spend down to 150 before I get this benefit. 
um, which is a long way to go for a lot of veterans. And so it used to be the case prior to 2018, I used to see a lot more veterans that um, could become eligible faster, but they really tightened up the eligibility rules back then. And, and this benefit is not as widely sought after, at least what I'm seeing with my clients is, as it used to be. But if you've got somebody who is a veteran, um, all the, of course, all the personal care homes and in-home health agencies are aware of this benefit, and they can help point in the right direction for the people that can help you apply for the benefit. But I, I just want you to know it's out there because when we can get it, it's great. Um, somewhere between two and $3,000 a month, of tax-free income to help pay for long-term care. Well, if you take like a personal care home that may be seven or eight thousand dollars a month, and, and let's say the veteran has two, three thousand dollars of monthly income, if we get two, three thousand dollars of money out of the VA, which is a tax-free benefit, well, now we've got most of the monthly bill covered with just our monthly income, and and the savings can support that situation for a lot longer. Um, and so. That can be a fantastic benefit to keep people in their home or lower tiers of care uh, in our healthcare system because they they reimburse the veteran for these expenses um, rather than it just being directly to um, to the uh, care provider. So, I want you to know about the improved pension, commonly referred to as aid and attendance, because that is the highest benefit which most people go after. Uh, but I do also want to tell you, veterans, that when it comes to long term care. You also need to understand the civilian health care system because the civilian health care system seems to me to be where most of my veteran clients end up getting their long-term care. The VA health system does not have enough beds for all of the veterans. Uh, there's wait lists, and, and a lot of the time, you know, people don't – there's a lot of folks who need long-term care, and, and um, they don't have time to be on a wait list, right? So if if – a veteran is is doing fine today, but then has a stroke and needs a nursing home tomorrow. We don't we don't have time for a wait list. We need a nursing home tomorrow, and then that veteran ends up in a civilian nursing home, just a the standard nursing home like everybody else. Um, and over the period of uh, a couple of months, gets accustomed to being there. The family is usually adverse to making a move at that point that may disrupt the person's happiness, the person's comfort level with his care providers. And, and you know, we've, we've sort of gotten into a routine with our health care providers and where we're living that we're not going to make a move in most situations to a VA home at that point. So, veterans, you need to also understand the other payment source for long-term care. And in the civilian model, that system is called Medicaid, Medicaid eligibility for long-term care. Uh, a lot of veterans still end up on Medicaid. Now, Medicaid is a, also a means-tested program. You're not allowed to have a lot of money and become eligible. But the rules surviving this, um, the rules regarding this policy, uh, this this program rather, seem to me to be a little bit more concrete. Right now, we can we can plan within these rules to help you protect assets. And so, it's uh, Medicaid eligibility really comes down to. Um, Income and assets. So Medicaid treats single people differently than they treat married people. And Medicaid treats assets differently than it treats income. So for a single person, you can become eligible for Medicaid in a nursing home <clears throat> after you have spent down your money. So if a single person, like perhaps a widower, goes into a nursing home and has some money, we need to spend down that money until we're essentially broke. They allow you to keep $2,400 or $8,000 of resources. Plus, you're allowed to keep a house, and you're allowed to keep a car, and you're allowed to prepay your funeral. But everything else has to be below about 8000 bucks. Once you're eligible from an asset standpoint, then all of your monthly income needs to go to the nursing home. Um, 
with the exception of about $45 a month. They allow, to, they allow you to keep $45 a month for all of your personal needs, which, of course, that money doesn't last very long. Um, and so, all right, I, I went through all of my assets. I went through all of my income. And now um, I've got this house and this car. But wait a second. Wait a second. Who's paying the property taxes on this house? Uh, who is, uh, who's insuring this car that I, I'm not driving cause I'm in a nursing home and, and, uh, who is, uh, who's doing the utilities on the house? We don't have any money for any of that. And what will happen is the adult children, if you have adult children, they're probably the, uh, agent under a power of attorney. They will reach out to an attorney like myself and they'll say, Hey, dad's finally on the Medicaid benefits. Um, thank goodness we're not going through $13,000 a month in this nursing home anymore, but we can't afford his property taxes, so we would like to sell his house. But the problem is if we sell dad's house, now what does he own? And the answer is, well, he owns cash because we sold his house. Um, and you're not allowed to have cash and be eligible for Medicaid benefits, and so the person stands to get booted off of Medicaid benefits until they spent down all the money, once we're back down to 8000 bucks, now we can go back on uh, Medicaid benefits uh, for that nursing home care, but we're, we're now broke. And so when we explain this to the adult children, the power of attorney, the, uh, the power of attorney or the agent under the power of attorney will typically say, well, that's no good. So here's what we'll do. I've read Dad's will. Dad's will says that when he passes away, I will, uh, I'm going to inherit the house. So you know what? I'll float the property taxes. I'll pay the utilities. I'll, I'll keep the thing afloat because when he passes away, I will end up inheriting his couple hundred thousand dollar house. Um, and that makes sense. Except, no, you're not. Because in Pennsylvania, we have a thing called the estate recovery program. Estate recovery stands for the idea that if you have been a Medicaid recipient, when you pass away, Anything in your estate, which seems to me by law to be limited essentially to your house and a car, um, needs to be sold and given back to the state of Pennsylvania for every penny they spent on your care. Right? So that's called the estate recovery claim. Now, what's interesting in Pennsylvania is that this estate recovery claim is limited to someone's probate estate, which means only the assets that go through probate are subject to the estate recovery claim which is one of the reasons we like to teach our clients, veterans and non-veterans, about owning your home in a certain type of trust that can protect the assets from the eligibility rules in the first place, but also avoids probate and thus the estate recovery program when you pass away. Because I, I don't want to see veterans, I don't want to see anybody um, lose their entire life savings because they have dementia, right? Or some other issue that results in, in nursing home level care. And so in, in our practice, we like to educate our clients on the use of trusts, uh, not just to answer the question, who gets the stuff when I pass away, but to also answer the question, how do, I, how do I protect stuff from these harsh government rules? How do I make sure that my kids actually receive an inheritance? Um, and, you know, that to me is sort of, sort of the goal, and, and I love working with my veteran clients to get this done because, you know, veterans have this source of, uh, of pride. You know, the, there's, there's the commonality between veterans is, is, you know, usually they're tough guys who have seen some stuff, uh, and, and women uh, who have seen some stuff and, and understand uh, what go broken government rule bo uh, rules look like um, and, uh, and want to take action to protect themselves just like they took action to protect the rest of us in, in whatever um, conflict they served in. And, and so, you know, I, I, think that, uh, I think that this is 
uh, a message that I hope the veterans receive because I want you to know that I hear you. The, the VA system, as we all know, has its flaws. Um, and so I, my lesson or the, the takeaway that I want the veterans to hear is you cannot solely rely on the VA for your health care in your retirement years. You can also solely not rely on Medicare if you end up on a civilian Medicare plan later. You cannot solely rely on that. You also have to go out and become educated on one more government program, and that is Medicaid. Because for a lot of veterans, there are gaps in the VA system where veterans will end up in civilian Medicaid uh, Medicaid nursing homes um, rather than in VA nursing homes. And so please do not make the assumption that if you are going to need long-term care that the VA is going to be your source of that care. It's always plan A. Right? We should always check with the VA to see if there is um, benefits that we could get from the VA to, to serve us, right? But you need to have a really strong plan B because what I continue to see is veterans who end up in civilian long-term care settings uh, and need to apply for Medicare and Medicaid benefits to pay for that care and not necessarily always the VA. So that's sort of the thing I want you to know is, you know, a lot of people will come to us and when we're doing their estate plan and they'll say, well, dad's a veteran, so he should be good with this whole long-term care issue. That's not always the case, folks. Uh, we need to still plan. We still need to understand a couple of other programs and we need to plan accordingly. So if you'd like to learn more, come to one of our upcoming estate planning workshops. We host them all the time. I do a lot of them. Some other folks in the office do them too, but we're going to teach you all about Medicare, Medicaid, trusts, will and the things that you need to do in order to set yourself up for success when it comes to this stuff. So I hope you found this episode interesting. I hope you found it valuable. Uh, happy Veterans Day to all my veterans. I, I, um, I appreciate the sacrifice and, and to the spouses and the families of the veterans. Thank you uh, for, uh, for the sacrifices you've made for this great place that we live. Um, remember, folks, this is a radio show for your education and information. I am an attorney, but I am not your attorney. If you need help, you need to hire an attorney to help you with that. We're available anytime at secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com. Thanks for listening to today's show. Happy Veterans Day uh, to all the veterans. We'll see you here next week. This has been the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great plans. Secklerlawfirm.com or call 724-841-1393.